This is CounselCast, part of the Legal Talk Network, and I'm your host, Karen Conroy. When you face a complex case outside your expertise, you bring in a co-counsel for next-level results. When you want to engage, expand, and elevate your firm, you bring in a marketing co-counsel. In this podcast, I bring in marketing experts who each answer one big question to help your firm achieve more. Here's today's guest. Hi, I'm Kimberly Bennett. I am a avid traveler as well as a practicing brand strategy attorney. I run K Bennett Law. I'm a co-founder of Fidu Legal. I'm a co-founder of Atlanta Legal Tech and probably some other things that we can get to talk about. Yeah, well. exactly. But I'm really excited to join you today. Thank you so much for being here, Kimberly. I really appreciate it. We have so many things to talk about, including your recent win at the Clio Cloud Conference for Fidu. So let's start with talking about that and the Clio Cloud Conference. uh, You submitted and pitched for this huge contest. Contest, is that the right? I don't know. Yeah, I'd go for it. Pitch contest, yeah. Yeah. And you won. So that's amazing and congratulations for that. And so tell, tell me a little bit about how that worked and, and then we'll get to our big question for the episode. Sure, so, well, I, I joined forces with my co-founder Blaine a year ago actually before this pitch happened, right after the last year's Clio Cloud Conference and decided that we were going to really figure out what it looks like to build a tool that really supports subscription-based businesses. And, but August, in August we pitched, we submitted. So there's a, there's a process to do this, right? So yeah. we pitched in August and then we found out in September that we were one of the five finalists. And then in October, we were able to pitch live and answer some questions. Uh, with the judges, Bob Ambrosi, it was Melanie Leonard and Victoria Hudgens. They were all judges and they asked us questions and it was myself that was pitching along with other representatives from each company. And that was the Tuesday. And then we had to wait all the way to the end of the conference oh my for gosh. Jack to give his finale speech. And then we're like listening. And I'm like, okay, who <laughs> won? Who it, won? Who it, won? Yeah. And then, you know, he said, Fadu, and I think I blacked out after that. <laughs> I was like, did you just say? Oh my gosh. Fidu? Is that what I heard? So we were, I mean, we were among some amazing other um, apps and we all integrate with Clio. We all looking to transform the legal industry. Our yeah. big goal is to stop hourly billing and yes, it really resonated with the a, judges. Yes. Yeah, it was just, I, I mean, such it was an awesome topic and I'm sorry to step over you, but so the idea of going from hourly to subscription-based services for the legal industry, it seems pretty revolutionary. Obviously, Clio thinks it's revolutionary enough to you know, have you win the prize. But from a regular business, I mean, I have an MBA. I talk to my colleagues all the time about how you build and scale a business to get to that point where you can sell it. I've had VC companies approach me, and that in the past has made me rethink how I'm presenting my own company in terms of subscriptions and you know positioning it with my clients so that it could be saleable but it doesn't seem like a conversation that's had too often for law firms so our big question is going to be how can law firms scale with subscription services but i feel like a good sub part of that is why <laughs> why mm-hmm. they should do that and then you know why it, it is a little bit different for the legal industry yeah i mean one our rules are outdated. So (laughs) it limits who can own what. And so that prevents, I think, some of us really from understanding how we really are building businesses. And I think right now there is a big push. You see it happen across the the United States, at least. Well, and actually it's happened in Europe already. We're really thinking about what it looks like for ownership, not only to be held by attorneys for law firms, right? Yeah. Um, 
So I think, one, if we lift that ban in the United States, we will see a lot more flexibility and, and interesting structures come, come to play. But still, I think a lot of us are taught to just like provide the service, work, 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 and not really think about what is the business and all the elements around it to make it viable and, and thriving. Yeah. Yeah. And one of that is really processes and, and building out systems and, and having a, a model that works, even if it's a different set of clients, because with right. lawyers, maybe you can't you know, you can't necessarily sell your book of business like you can in other ways. Yes, you have clients that were there, but they could leave, right? I mean, sure. that's, that's true of anywhere. But this this gives you the the ability to create a business that someone would, would be willing to buy because it's running, it's well-oiled, it's effective and efficient. Yeah. It really leverages technology and processes, all the things that you knew, need to do thinking about profit margins, thinking about how you generate revenue, think about your different sources, thinking about your labor costs, actually running a business. And so- yeah. Well, and you're leaving, you're living proof of getting all those ducks in a row and having those processes and those systems in order for you to then go and start Fadu, where you're not just sitting there like day to day doing all the little administrative, tiny detail work that is not, you know, highest and best use of your time. And if you were caught up in that, there's no way you would have been able to start Fadu. (laughs) That's true, right? And I'm always looking to iterate and and make things better and figure yeah. out, okay, this process doesn't work. You know, we, we all go through ebbs and flows and stages of business development. So what sure. worked for me two years ago is not going to work, work, work with me, you know, today. Right. But having the space to do that is so important. And I agree, you know, people ask me all the time, like, how do, like, how do you get it all done? I mean, sometimes yeah. I'm doing team too much. I will agree. Sure. But also it is because I've leveraged my time differently. I don't trade time for money. And I really think about how do I provide this ongoing value to my clients without working continuous hours because that's not healthy for me. And it's actually doesn't make me a better provider of services to them. Right. Well, and I'm sure you've seen this quote a million times over, but there's that meme that goes around the internet and it talks about how it took me 10 years of experience to get to this point. And now you're asking me to pay for 30 minutes of my time. You're not paying for the minutes, you're paying for the years. So when you were saying a minute ago about you don't trade uh, money for time, that I feel like is going to land with a lot of lawyers where they're like, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, really, it, it really is an outdated system where if you are still doing hourly and you are an efficient attorney, let's hope that you are and you've learned things over your time, you are in effect over time making less and less money because it, you should be doing things faster and faster. And so right. uh, it doesn't make sense. Like, th- like no. let's put your brain together for this. So tell me how, did you ever do hourly and did you transition or have you always done subscription? So my journey actually started in a company where we didn't okay. do hourly, right? We, we tracked our time for purposes of like billing out to lines of businesses, not for, and not in the way lawyers track, like really like, oh, an hour on this, 30 minutes on this. I traveled here. I worked yeah. for this business unit, you know, more business focused tracking. <laughs> but then when I went out I, and I, when I went out, this is after market crash in 2008. So I went out in 2010 and at that point, I did hourly because that's what I heard. That's right? what everybody that's what did. People do. Yeah. Right? And I, for lack of a better word, got burned several times because I didn't get, bills weren't paid. And I was like, this isn't, this doesn't work. This is not working right. for me. It was a lot of money. I stopped tracking it. And I thought there had to be a better way. When I was working with inside of a company, we provided tons of value and I didn't track my time. And this wasn't the way that you measured. And I didn't like the idea that I, you, you know, you're chasing clients for money or you're sending them the bill. Like, are you going to pay? Please. You know, like yeah. none of that worked <laughs> yeah. for me. Right. So, 
I quickly decided I went straight to flat fees and then I pitched a client at the time, you know, what is now I call subscriptions, my first subscription. Yeah. And the rest was history. After I did that, I was like, oh, I still grew over time. My first subscription still had too much tie to hourly. But as I've realized, I was like, this doesn't, this is not a subscription if I keep on measuring my time. Exactly. It's just, I'm providing you value, period. Right, exactly. And when you look at other businesses, this is the way it works. And so yeah. I think as as you start to translate that idea, the consumer is going to understand this or your client is going to understand this even before other attorneys, I think, yes. because they're used to consuming things that way. And I think that's a huge fear in hiring an attorney is, oh my gosh, this is going to be expensive. And I don't know how many, how much time this is going to take. And there's just so much stigma around that idea of an attorney and all their billable hours and everything. And so mm -hmm. there is just, just transparency and, and more understanding. So then you get your client to that, through that decision process more quickly because they understand and it seems easier and more logical. Okay. okay so tell me how you kind of got it all set up and then how can other firms take this idea and then scale with this idea of subscriptions? Yeah, so I, I just started pitching it, right? And I just started iterating on what it looks like to not tie my time to what I'm providing and value I'm providing yeah. my clients. And, and what I learned along the way was how do I best want to show up? You know, what clients really work for me? You know, like I don't serve every single client. That's, I don't talk to every client. I don't want to serve every client. There's enough right. people to, to do other things. And so yeah. I try to hone in on my strengths and the places that I really show up best and design a subscription that leverages that, works with the right types of clients and delivers the service that get them the transformations, you know, the opportunities or, you know, solving problems that, that, that they're looking for. And so that's what I've grown to over the years. Yeah. And that's looked like anywhere from offering a subscription that was $95 a month to offering subscriptions that are five figure plus a month, right? Nice. And so is that um, based I, on the, you have different kind of levels of clientele or that's just your growth over time? And so you don't really do the $95 a month clients anymore or uh, what does it look like in your firm? Yeah. So I, I still do some clients that I would call like a lead client, but yeah. they are, they're clients that have been with me for a while. So typically I, I'm clients are with us for years, right? We don't, um, we were blessed in COVID not to lose any clients. We gained clients. And so we work with clients over years. So I still have some that were this, with us then, but for the most part now we built, we bring on clients at like a four figure a month investment or more, but we're also working to go back to offering more of a under $500 a month subscription because yeah not everyone needs the $10,000 a month subscription. That doesn't right. mean that they don't need the advice or, or support or education. And so it's, okay, how do I design something back to being sustainable and scalable yeah. and then something I can sell? And right. it's really thinking about, okay, how can I best provide value at scale? How can I best you know, use my knowledge and, and deliver it at scale? That's where the development of Fidu really came from because I was always searching for like tools to allow me to do this as a service-based professional. You know, yeah. you have tools to help you do it as like, a, you know, sharing a course or sharing this, but not really leveraging that together with services. And so, yeah. So what does it do differently from all of those different software? Cause I'm picturing that you had like, you know, this, this software for, you know, a need and then this other software for B need. And then, you know, all these different pieces that you were pulling together. And so what does Fidu 
do differently <laughs> that pulls it together. <laughs> so I, every time I say those, like, what does Fadu do? I'm like, well, I, that's <laughs> yeah. um, but so, so how, what, like, like fun, we have a few constraints in how we've designed it to really think through how we want to support the, the clients that are utilizing it and the providers that are providing the client services. So we, we really want to be the tool that, that delivers cli the client experience. So okay. like you have knowledge, you have a knowledge base in there, you can share knowledge at scale. So think of like the times when you might have that question in any service provider, right? Like, right. so you get them all the time, the same type yes. of questions over and over again. And you're like, right. if I could just answer that, not in an email where you're going to lose it, not in a text message where you forget it, but in a place that they can go back to and reference. And then yes. you empower your clients to then utilize it to make decisions. Because I know a lot of us think that clients are going to wait for us to make decisions. No, they're going to like live their lives and make decisions and come back and say, oopsie. Right. So yeah. instead, let's empower them. So what we do is provide you like the knowledge base, the the, the messaging platform, the way to, to have like an all-encompassing way to give your clients the actions they need to take, the yeah. knowledge they need to have, the documents they need to generate. And we combine the tools to elevate them and make them better. So some tools, okay. some, some pieces, what we'll have native to our app and other things we'll integrate. For example, like Calendly. We're not looking to becoming a calendar app. Calendar, right. Calendly does an amazing job. But right. what, what gets harder when you're working with clients is like making sure they use the right one and getting right. them in the right process. And so yeah. we're, we're really leveraging processes to allow for you to be efficient, effective, and then scale. That makes a lot of sense because I, I've even noticed in working with, you know, I work with a bunch of different pieces of software and it seems like when you go to those support uh, when you have a question or a need and you go into that support section, it does seem like this is the way things are moving towards where they're not going to assume that you necessarily want to chat. They're not going to assume that you necessarily want the knowledge base. They're not going to assume that you, which thing is the thing you're looking for at that moment, but we're going to have all of those options available for you. Mm -hmm. So a lot mm -hmm. of times I'll first search, and I'm sure this is the same for most users, you first search. And then if the knowledge base is not great and not well built mm -hmm. out, then okay, forget it. Let me just chat with someone and let me get to that other thing. So that makes a lot of sense where it's like, mm -hmm. here's all these different ways where potentially you could just get your answer right away. Or we're also here to help you with that as well. Right. And, it, yeah. and it's like really thinking about what is the experience that they want and you and you, you design that and the things that we have to do over and over again the repetitive pieces well let's leverage technology to deliver some of that whether that's like how you communicate how you share information how you share documents how people complete forms even more even beyond what what where, where we are even today because the goal is to really allow for the team to stay where they're at and the tools that they work with and the, the client to stay in fidu and really be able to access your value without you always having to be on the phone Right. Right. You having to answer an email and, yeah. and do all those other pieces. That is awesome. So do you uh, specify the idea of retainer and that this subscription is different from them having you on retainer? And yes. if so, how do you define that? Yes. Thank you for asking this. A lot of people. So a subscription is not repackaged hourly. A subscription is not a retainer. A subscription, it is proactive legal services, right? Okay. Meaning that I'm not waiting for my client to need something from me. We are proactively thinking through what do they need? What's happening? I'm trying to provide them value without them having to always contact us and seek us out. I think yeah. the retainer model is still built on the mindset that we are centering the attorney and not centering the client, right? Oh, I love the that. Client doesn't mean that like, it's everything that the client says. It's saying, right. what's the purpose of the work that we're doing? It's not about us. Yes. I mean, that's, that's the problem with the legal industry. It's yes. very attorney centered. 
and not community centered, which is what it should be. Like, how do we better serve the client? How serve our clients? Stop hourly. Get rid of the bar. Um, you know, stop having um, you know state specific bar exams. There yes. were there were like archaic ways that we have kept because it keeps our profession a certain way. And so, yes, I love yeah, that. I mean, I think so, that so makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely not a retainer. It's so better I was, than a retainer. It is. And I was recently talking to another marketing person a few episodes ago, just about pricing models in general. And we were talking about this idea of intensives, where this is kind of how mm -hmm. we talk about in, in marketing speak, where we sit down and set goals for our clients and then work through those. Like for us, it's on a quarterly basis and it's about really focusing the goals. And, and uh, it sounds somewhat similar where your clients, you're thinking more in terms of, you know, how you can be of better service to them instead of just reactionary and just getting to those problems. We clearly define that it, this is not the same as you having me on a retainer because especially for marketing and design firms, mm -hmm. a lot of times people will be hired and it, they feel like they're and you know, being hired as an employee and they get micromanaged and it's like, no, 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 that's not how this is going to work. This is not that kind of relationship. This is us on kind of a mutual level. So I love that. So tell me, you said, you mentioned that there's a book that you love and that you recommend to everyone. What, what's the book that you love? Yeah, so I'm going to go a book that probably some of you haven't heard, and it's a book, uh, it's about intention. It's called Being is the New Doing. It's by Radia Rhodes, and it's a book about intention. And I, I love this book because when we want to create change in our lives, go after those big goals, there's a lot of ways to think about it. But to me, if we really understand what intention is and her view at how she talks about intention and how that is the driving force to move you yeah. forward to achieve those big goals, then I, I, so I, li I like to share that because a lot of people tell me, oh, I can't do it and it's not right. going to work. And it's like, but is that true? Right. Or is it that right now you're at a place or I think she would say like your level of intentions at a place that's not going to allow you to see that. Right. But if we elevate it, you open up so many possibilities. And so I would love particularly legal professionals to elevate their intention, right. To really. So how is that different from mindset or is it similar? I would say it's different because mindset is a lot of like, we think of thought work, which I, uh, fun fact, I was a graduate psychology student. Oh, cool. I left my clinical psych program. But so mindset, I, I think mindset is, is, is something, but I think we overemphasize mindset and misunderstand yeah. that. And the way she talks about intention, so I, I'm not gonna like oversimplify it because she does, it's like more science meets spirituality too. But sure. it's it's like the the energy that, that you bring, the, the, the experiences that, that you're having, and it's more than just a, a commitment to do something. Okay. It's really like the full encompassing way of being. I've trained with her, I've done other things with her, and I would say when I, when I shifted, when people ask me, so someone asked me recently, well, how did you come to be known as you know, the person to talk about subscriptions all the time. Yeah. And I, and for me, I mean, I talked about it more, but I elevated my intention around it. And oh, when cool. I met her and, and I learned her theory and I applied it and that's really was, you know, I just, I was always in this place of seeking and wanting and, and getting to this higher level about how I wanted to, to show up. And I know that maybe sounds a little woo, maybe. For it's some okay. People, but, I love it. But so was your intention initially to the whole idea of removing hourly work or where did you start with that intention? Yeah. It was all about like, how did I want to be? Right. Yeah. And so not simply the thought of like, I wanted to eliminate hourly work, but what does my daily experience need to be like? How do I want to live my life? It's, yes. it was about living, not 
living to work, but living to live and work supplements it. Work, work funds it. That's where it always started from. I didn't go into big law because I didn't want to sleep underneath a desk. I was like, that's a lot of money. But also when I break it down, that sounds ridiculous. It sucks. I care yeah. about <laughs> my life and my well-being. Right. And so when I realized hourly billing was hampering my well-being, I was like, this can't work. Like, yeah. I don't like the way I feel. I don't like the way I'm making my clients feel. And it's not like they were upset, but you can tell it just, so for me, it was having the energy I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up and who I, who I know the, the path that I wanted to become and the, the work I wanted to do outside of just practicing law meant that I needed to find a better way. Yes. Okay. That makes a lot of sense to me. Okay. So your book sounds fantastic. We will link to that and we will uh, have that on the episode page as well. And thank you so much for being here. Kim, Kimberly Bennett is a trademark business strategy attorney, founder of K Bennett Law and Fadu, and so many other things. <laughs> also just, you know, an amazing process and systems person so that she can get all these things done. But thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. It's been amazing. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CouncilCast podcast. Be sure to visit our website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode and to give us your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate it if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.